Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard of the D1TN5 for Friday, April 1st. I'm Jack Vaughn. Marshall AD Christian Spears joins D1 ticker and connects Steph Garcia Psychos to discuss his first 14 days in the chair, which has included the official confirmation of the Thundering Herd's move to the Sun Belt at the end of the academic year. Spears discusses the importance of patience when determining institutional fit, shares his thoughts on CFP expansion, and previews his plans for the first 100 days. This and more, only on Connect. Extra Points Matt Brown details what he knows about further potential Conference USA expansion. Brown says, I know that many FCS programs that expressed interest in Conference USA last fall remain interested in potentially joining the league. Those schools include, but are not necessarily limited to, McNeese State, Tarleton State, and Eastern Kentucky. I know that the industry sources I've spoken to do not believe Conference USA will formally invite any program without the league presidents feeling as if they have additional clarity on how FBS will be organized post-transformation committee, or what FBS and FCS call-up regulations will be. I am told that if those changing requirements create an incentive to reclassify as fast as possible, or if they make FCS football less financially viable, the list of FCS programs potentially interested in Conference USA could grow. I can't specifically confirm that Conference USA has had any formal conversations or done any formal site visits with any FCS schools, although that doesn't mean it hasn't happened. Backchannel conversations happen all the time about realignment, and every D1 league that knows it could face defections may use those back channels to keep potential replacements warm, as it were. USA Today's Rachel Axon and Kenny Jacoby continue on the financial gender disparity, focusing on the women's basketball and men's basketball teams in the Elite Eight. Axon and Jacoby write, Of the 16 teams that made it to this year's men's and women's Elite Eight, 10 hailed from public schools whose spending data were included in the analysis. Together, those 10 public schools spent $14.2 million, or 67% more, on their men's teams than their women's teams over the two seasons. South Carolina women's basketball head coach Dawn Staley, whose Gamecocks were the only school that had a gap of less than $750,000, said, At South Carolina, our success has allowed us to probably hit the budget a little bit more than most, and our administrators are for giving our student-athletes an incredible experience. A lot of times, I don't know what the budget is for the men. I know that we need certain things. It may not be equal to the men. It's equitable, but we don't really feel it that much at South Carolina. UConn head coach Gino Ariyama, whose Huskies spent 36% less than their men's basketball counterparts, says, Each school has to make a decision how they want to spend the money that they have, and you can mandate it all you want. Until the people at those universities decide to invest, we're always going to have this issue. Little by little, they'll be forced to do it. With the amount of money that football brings in and the amount of money that the conference gets and that they give to each school, it really would be. You couldn't find a legitimate reason why they wouldn't do it. So I'm surprised that those schools aren't doing it, to be honest with you. Now in facilities and fundraising. Purdue will invest $600,000 to $650,000 reconfiguring its premium seating section at Mackey Arena. The project will swap 36 gold seats for 70 black theater-style seats, with the increased seating projected to generate $500,000 annually. 
AD Michael Bobinski says, We're going to make more efficient use of that space. It's a huge number, but we have intense demand for those seats. They will still be a premium experience. Oregon State will debut new LED video displays and install an upgraded content management and scoring control system via ANC at Reeser Stadium this fall. Highlighted by a 150-foot by 45-foot video board in the south end zone, the project also features more than 1,750 square feet of LED displays throughout the stadium. Northern Illinois has completed renovations on the Nelson Tennis Center. Next up for the Huskies is a new turf, press box, and Pixelot streaming system for soccer, as well as new turf for baseball. Southern Miss rolls out a per-seat donation model for football tickets, forsaking the previous zone-giving model as it transitions to the Sun Belt. In addition, priority for postseason tickets, parking upgrades, and special events will be determined by a priority point system that will award points for all giving to the Eagle Club, facility projects, special campaigns, endowments, and any consecutive years of season ticket purchasing. More from Duke men's basketball head coach Mike Krzyzewski on the status of the NCAA. He says, I'm getting out of it, but it's crazy to me. As a leader, it's the only way to do it. The structure right now does not work. Form an organization that can anticipate change. Thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard of the D1TN5 for Friday, April 1st. I'm Jack Vaughn, and be sure to check in Monday morning.